0: hanging in
1: there just hanging in there i know man just
0: like everybody else
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a pretty dark one right now Um, yeah i like i'm actually really excited that i get to talk to you today because i needed something to do that was like human contact (laughs) (laughs) because i was pretty pretty upset this morning just to give people context Today is the day that after the uh, first riots in Minneapolis over the shooting of George Floyd. Yeah. And Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I support everybody that's involved in that, like wholeheartedly. What else are you going to do? I mean.
0: I know. I know. I, I feel to- like everything's bubbling up right now and the tension is just so high. And basically all these oppressed sentiments are coming to a boiling point. And it's been, you know, but now I just feel there's um just the ability to share basically resources information and not have it be totally controlled by just a single news outlet like yeah there's there's the ability to share that information so I I know that all these things have been happening but we're just able to see them um yeah and not have it be it's, hidden.
1: Yeah, it's horrifying. I mean, I think that it, it is also, I agree with you, but I think that there's also something kind of crazy happening right now on top of that that is like sort of new where, you know, people have just lost, like imagine you're a business owner right now and you mm-hmm. just got fucked. Like it's just it, it, all around it's, I'm going to be surprised if more people don't start rioting <laughs> over a long list of many other things that could be legitimately upsetting people
0: yeah, yeah. definitely i but, mean we're i feel as just as people humanity is kind of being challenged in every single aspect in the most intense way possible yeah. like it's not yeah. just one or two single things i feel it's just basically like every element through our living experience is being challenged
1: yeah yeah, and we don't have to get into that because I'm assuming maybe your topic isn't this.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm totally happy to talk about it too. It's, yeah,
1: yeah. No, but
0: in my mind, you know, it's just like
1: yeah, it's hard not I'm to. All I'm doing
0: yeah. is going down, just basically these holes of finding out more news, trying to find more resources that you know I can try and help. And yeah, it's. Yeah, It's a lot. <laughs>
1: it is. It is. It's uh, it's crazy. And, and I mean, there's just so many things. There's a Joe Biden thing. I see a lot. This is the first time that I see so much an expression of being tired and exhausted, um, yes. which I can definitely empathize with or sympathize with, I guess. Mm-hmm. But first of all, welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And do you go by cat?
0: I do, yes. Okay,
1: cat. And let me see if I can remember how it's spelled. Um Oh, Louigan. Louigan. Okay, I'm glad I, I, I didn't try it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't want to put you through that. It's
0: always kind of a tricky one because of the you and the I.
1: Yeah, I've had people get upset at me because I don't necessarily prepare. And I think it's a lot of time it's like a wasted effort. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Might yeah. as well just have the person say the name. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the lighter? I mean, it's not lighter. I, um... Uh, you know, like, I I don't even want to say what I was going to ch- transition to, but the Karen thing is not lighter. It's definitely related, but I don't know. It's, it's crazy because I still feel like as all this is happening, there's a lot of virtue signaling going on. And for me, I, I think it's finally sinking in how I, I've heard people say this, uh, but uh, just like we're basically watching snuff films. And... I'm kind of torn between watching them and knowing what's happening and being informed, but at the same time, also feeling like there's like, I don't know, it, 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 like some level of psychological abuse involved there, which I think people have been like, I, I've seen um, people say that don't share videos of black men with me. And, I, and I, I respect that. Like, I definitely think that you should be the one watching that if you want to see it Um, because it is fucking triggering yeah what are your thoughts
0: yeah well that's interesting you bring that point because you know looking through stories I had seen someone actually post a comment regarding that in Mm -hmm. terms of you know being cautious about I guess publishing or sharing videos that show that type of violence and how that in itself could be triggering and that there could be I guess more creative and productive ways to share that in terms of how I personally feel about it. It's hard to say, you know, like, I don't think I'm totally against it. Although I, I know for myself, I do feel that it's a lot to experience, but at the same time, I do feel that understanding the scope of that severity is important too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I could, because that image in itself and that footage in itself could really drive these points home in terms of, yeah, this is a serious matter. Like you're reading it, but you don't really understand to exactly.
1: what yeah. scope
0: this injustice is being exercised on. So I don't know. It's, it's tough, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to see, but at the same time, um, I think if it is, you just keep going. You know, just keep scrolling. Just don't click on it.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. I'm just talking about the psychological impact, and I totally 100% agree with you. I think that this is something that needs to be seen. But, but yeah, man, it's heavy shit. It's not. It it's like especially uh, that guy was such a fucking dick. That cop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was just being an asshole. Yeah. And, and it's so fucking upsetting.
0: I know but- it's heartbreaking.
1: And in the grand scope of things I have been sort of Trying to Like not Despair and not Get caught up in Like always watching the news Regularly but this is something that Like I just it just pulled me right Back into like the reality of what's happening Right now because it is this is This is what this is right now people They don't have anything now You know (laughs) So I don't know so, yeah, I
0: mean, uh, uh, just to quickly comment on like the psychological aspect because that's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Mm-hmm. Is just how are we going to emerge out of this? Because I yeah. feel like we're all sort of in this mental incubation period and processing all of this without necessarily being able to act upon it. Yeah. And when I say act upon it, I'm really more so saying in the physical sense of going outside, interacting with each other in the way that we used to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious what damage this is doing to us in terms of being able to see this information and being able to process it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm hoping that there is some kind of shift, but it's no surprise that depression is high. It's no surprise that, you know, morale,
1: um, <laughs> without its
0: obvious reasons, yeah. of just people dying from COVID and, and things like that. Um, just, yeah. How are we going to be once we yeah.
1: emerge? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely feels, Like we're moving towards a reality that we didn't grow up understanding its possibility. But I think that like, you know, now we've also seen that the opioid crisis that I kind of have this feeling of the idea that borders really are only to keep people trapped at this point. They're not necessarily, and I'm not like, that's not, you know, let's not get it twisted that I'm advocating for open borders because I wouldn't even know how to implement that. But I think there's a general sense that the same kind of class war that we've had externally through empire is sort of being internalized right now. Mm. And the resource extraction that happens in other places is now happening to the people. Because of how this whole thing has been handled You know, now speaking more specifically About the, the corona response mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. I was I was talking to my mom About this and, and she was Telling me about how My grandfather when he was He used to own a uh, Factory that made Fertilizer And he was like an expert In it, then they brought this guy in Who was a Shoemaker, a zapatero which incidentally, Mm. zapato was my first word, just to lighten things up a little bit. (laughs) But they would get these chemicals, and my grandfather told me that he needed to sift through them to to sort of break up everything so that it would, like, disperse the chemicals evenly and stuff, and the guy didn't do it, and all the plants died, and then my mom told me that he got sent to prison for that. Not my grandfather, the the shoemaker who took over the, the factory, and and i wow. was like and i was like well at least there's some fucking accountability for failure and she goes no they accuse them of sabotage <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like and that's when it clicked in my head there are fucking cubans that came from the exile they they fled communism they moved to miami they started businesses and then now all their faith in capitalism all their republicanism has been like betrayed so yeah, yeah it's crazy
0: right i know i mean in terms of thinking about that, you know, I'm first generation, and Me too. you know, I, was, um, yeah, it's definitely it's a very specific experience. You know, it's sort of like
1: where are you from originally? Or oh, um, your parents?
0: My my background is Filipino. Okay. Um, and we came to the states when I was six. I was actually born in Paris. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting trajectory, but my parents were out there. My mom was a a domestic worker for a Jordanian family that had property out in Paris. And during the bombings in Beirut, that was actually where she had initially worked at and where she was hired was over there. And after the bombings, the family moved to their summer home in Paris. And so that's how she ended up there. And then my father was backpacking and then just ended up staying out there. And it's really cool to hear their stories because, you know, I guess they were the first wave of uh, Filipino immigrants to be out there. Uh-huh. So like taking that experience of like one shoe in y- your own culture and then having it within the culture that you grew up in and constantly trying to grapple between like multiple personalities and identities, which I'm, you know, as first generation, I could say that it's definitely like a very confusing experience and upbringing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, going back to being able to find opportunity in the States and having it be the reason why you come here because (laughs) those opportunities back home. And then, you know, when it comes down to the bottom line, realizing that, yeah, you still don't belong here. Yeah. It's like, we'll extract all the services we can, but at the end of the day, like you're still the other. And I don't know. It's, it, I feel that that's really coming to light more than ever right now.
1: Yeah. And I think, I'm sorry, the Karen thing is a little hacky. I know it's from black Twitter, so I don't want to be disrespectful and call it. I, I think it's hacky now when like newscasters use it. So I'm just <laughs> going to call her Amy Cooper. Cause that's her fucking name.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she's definitely an Amy. That shit. I've been doing the show for like two years now. And I've definitely interacted and had people on the show. I'm not going to uh, name names or anything like that because I don't want to like gossip. But that is something that I think a lot of people in the art community who virtue signal a lot, they have that mentality where I've had to just keep my cool when things were a little... Um... It's one of those things where someone says something about you and starts talking shit and they think mm-hmm. that they're going to be listened to because of their uh white womanhood and then you mm-hmm. all you have to do is just like be quiet. I'm not saying that there was like any any accusations of like anything sexual assault, but this woman was accusing me of like stalking her because I was dating somebody in the same residency that she was at and like it was one of those things where I had to just be like you know what, I'm not a fucking creep. I just got to keep not being a creep and everything will work itself out. One of the things that I like first knew about her was that she told me this story about how this Latina woman had stolen her laptop Hmm. and she was kind of the hero of her own story because she had not pressed charges against this Latina woman. And I'm like, why are you telling me this story?
0: Right, and (laughs) they can identify the person, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like all of these like subtle uses of racism that, you know, I think is really now just being pointed at and I'm really yeah. glad because honestly, you know, I don't know if you can relate with me on this Javier, but yeah, it's just like these silent gut feelings of I'm being oppressed, I'm being looked down upon, yeah. I'm being belittled through these gestures that don't exactly scream, you know, racism, but we, or I think that because that's how I was raised, you know, is just like, keep your head down. Just don't, don't make a fuss. Don't bring attention to yourself. Just quietly do your work and keep your head down. And it's, I'm so glad that a lot of people are calling that shit out right now because, Yeah, it it pisses me off, especially when it's these things that are implied, sort of like in your story, right?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: in this instance, it's like, oh, well, you know, I was attacked or, you know, had this horrible thing happen by X kind of person. Yeah. It just immediately creates that hierarchy. And, you know, it's something that I see all the time. It's something that I think about all the time.
1: And... Yeah. Do you have an example? I want to hear from you. I just want to add a little button to that story because the other thing that was frustrating is that since I was dating this person and this woman was, I was dating, let's call her Mary. Uh, That's so like such a random name. I don't know why I pulled it. But uh, I was dating this woman and because I was having a good time with her, I just like we had had a beef and I didn't want to talk to this person. So I was just avoiding the shit out of her Mm. and she wanted to tell me off. She wanted to sit down and tell me what I had done wrong. And because I wouldn't sit down and let her tell me off, she like called professional peers and started talking shit. And I'm still on good terms with those people, so I think it all worked out. It was like, you know, this shit is like, happens, bro. Like So I don't know. Have you had... I don't know if you want to speak specifically to white women because we're talking about Amy Cooper right now. But right. I do think that that's an important one because I I promise you, Amy Cooper is that fucking person that will say, well, I would never know what it's like to be a black woman just to fucking win arguments. I guarantee that those words have come out of her mouth.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm really enjoying uh, Dude, this is therapeutic. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for be- for being able to yeah. talk about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me on. And I'm totally, totally happy to talk about this. It's something that actually I'm pretty passionate about and I myself, am trying to find ways of how to basically raise awareness to this, these issues, but in ways that feels right for my personality, yeah. you know, and I, I myself am more introverted and quiet and like to operate quietly. But yeah, I mean, I see it at work. I'm an art handler and a oh, freelance okay. rep, and I just feel like, that's an industry that's typically white male-dominated and white male-educated dominated, you know? So mm. people that have gotten MFAs and kind of being in the mix of that. But, yeah, I see the hierarchy, right? Because then there's that. Then there's also, like, a white woman. And then there's also people that are brown or black like me in that industry that are male or female, And then those that are, you know, it's just like Mm -hmm. there's so many different steps within that in terms of power and implied power and power that's exercised because of just who got there first and who's establishing these protocols first. But also who are given opportunities, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like being able to. Participate in that dialogue, participate in that industry with this quiet knowing that, yeah, I I definitely feel that sense of oppression often. And it's done, you know, mostly through quiet gestures, either not being included in conversations, Uh you know, or not being, like, addressed or not having eye contact or... Or this is my favorite, actually, and this is something that happens quite often. But when someone just assumes that you don't know how to do a task, you don't know how to that haven't been trained on something, so the, you're not even included in that conversation.
1: Uh huh. Um, like, what? How how basic of a task would that be? Would that be like something that you would? It would be that that is ridiculous for them to assume that you're not. Part of, or they're just making assumptions because they don't interact with you and they don't know what your capabilities are.
0: I guess both. Okay. But, you know, just being a, just being hired for the job. It's like, yeah, you you should know how to install. You know, like yeah, you yeah, should yeah. hack. Um, but when you're within like a specific circle and those tasks are being immediately brought to people that just. In, your, in my mind, I'm like, well, of course, you know?
1: Well, I, now I'm picturing, like, white guys <laughs> popping uh, bubble wrap <laughs> and you lifting boxes.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah.
1: Here, um, I, I brought this. This needs to get, bu- uh, you know, deflated before it gets put in the trash. Yeah.
0: No, totally. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, just before I continue on, I don't want to say that this is reflective of every institution that I've worked at, uh-huh. but... I will say that it is very common, and you know, in terms of what I think about it, yeah, it pisses me off. Yeah. And yeah. typically, how I feel, I try to combat that is just by working really hard and hoping that that hard work gets noticed. And you know, <laughs> instead of being, it's
1: uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. You know? Sorry, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm now, oh, I'm. No, no. He's gone, gone. Having fun just imagining the white guys that are it's not fair, like cause then I'm essentially putting words in your mouth. But <laughs> but yeah, what I would say that I think is fair is that that's also very frustrating because like you mentioned earlier that you have to keep your head down. And that's something that you kinda have to do, right? Like it, it's not uh, it's not necessarily even a choice, especially when you're at work, because if you start pushing too hard on that, right, those conversations become that, that you're excluded from might become about you and right. get defensive. So it gets weird.
0: Yeah, no, totally. It's like doing the tightrope of that, right? It's just yeah. like, okay, well, if I speak up, there's already like a stigma associated with speaking up. Although I'm very happy to see that that's being broken down right now, but As far as I've known, like uh, I grew up as a child of the '80s, '90s, and I think we're around the
1: same age, just because we were both ravers, and we should maybe include (laughs) some of that conversation because I definitely want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, I was (laughs) going to talk about that too, Javier. You know,
1: I was wondering if we were, Uh,
0: but you know what I mean? It's just like these. This was not accessible for me growing up.
1: You know what? What specifically?
0: In terms of having just the freedom to vocalize the sentiments of oppression, I just feel like I've spent a lot of my upbringing with the head-down mentality. Yeah. And in light of these new movements in place um, in the last 10 years, I feel like I myself am beginning to unravel that aspect of myself. I myself am beginning to gain more pride and feel... More vocal in speaking out and expressing things in that nature that I'm not down with.
1: Um, yeah, is 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 Filipino culture as uh, patriarchal as uh, uh, patriarchal as uh, let's say American culture?
0: Um, yeah, I would say okay. so.
1: I, I, I mean, because they've they've got the Spanish colonial roots, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm unfortunately straight up Cuban so like I've just been loud and obnoxious my whole life. <laughs> I've had to put my head down a little bit more especially just professionally. But I totally feel like it's difficult to sort of be yourself. Like there was a group of people that I was hanging out when I first started this show and they're nice people, but then they would hang out with these Austrians that would come through some residency program that I'm not going (laughs) to specify but Mm -hmm. I would hang out and it was pretty hostile there were like German guys and Austrian people saying things that were inappropriate like there was one woman who was talking about a competitor at her gallery another artist at a gallery that she's represented and she just kept like saying Asian but like wiping her hand in front of her face sort of like gesturing at the face when she said asian and
0: oh my god yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and to to the credit of the white guys they were kind of trying to sort of you know lean back and like give her an out and sort of you know but it was fucking awkward as shit and i was there and then other things happened like one of those guy one of the guys in that group would tell a story about how he was upset That and he would tell he'd like told this at parties with like an audience of many people would say that he had been up for a tenured position and he had five years of experience and that he lost it to somebody that had nine years of experience. And it it was a woman. And so he was like upset because of like the politics behind that. And I'm like, yo, she had twice your experience level, dude. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And like everybody, you know, and he was like, you know, I understand. But it was like, you know, what about me? I
0: know. It's like, what about you? Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) god so yeah yeah, man and those are people that consider themselves progressive there was one time that i hung out and i realized like this german guy who always talked bad about polish people which is just not a fucking good look right like he was super racist against polish and being german there's a history there but he would call me like one time he was like oh because you're a mexican and i was like I hadn't heard that shit in like decades, dude. And then I just was like, bro, I don't know what it says about you guys hanging out with these people, but I know what it says about me if I hang out with them, so I'm just going to chill.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring up, though, um, in terms of people that find themselves liberal or progressive Yeah, uh, and really how that plays out. And oftentimes, especially just with, I feel the white community, there, there is a level of disconnect that just can't truly be, I don't know, it, it, it's hard because I, I feel unless they themselves have truly immersed themselves within a more diverse community, like how can you know outside of your own bubble, like whether or not your beliefs or value systems really reflect this wider scope of humanity, right? Yeah. Um, you can say that you're progressive. You can say that you're liberal. You can go ahead and check mark that off as you vote. But what's the day to day? And that's the thing that I think I'm really more fascinated by. And it's it's really more through the small gestures. It's mm-hmm. like being able to look somebody in the eye when you speak to them, acknowledge them, include them in conversation. You know, who are you saying hello to? down in the hallway of your workplace.
1: So let's uh, talk a little about raving. And Well, first of all, I'm kind of not exactly clear on what your practice is because you have a musical side to it. You perform music, but I also see you dyeing clothing with with natural ingredients. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you like maybe without necessarily having to talk so much directly about like what the work looks like because that's tough, but like maybe the ideas that you're interested behind all that stuff
0: yeah definitely. I guess my practice is pretty interdisciplinary. Uh-huh. I do have a sound based project that I run with my husband matt um, who so you guys are married.
1: I thought so okay yeah. i like I, We know each other from uh, OPAF, and we right. we we hit it off pretty it was uh It was a nice uh community vibe there, but I definitely felt like i i was you guys were doing your second year, and I felt like you guys were very pumped for me and uh, very supportive. So I want to yeah. remind remind you that I have warm feelings about you guys.
0: That was a really nice exchange. Yeah. Um yeah, we were really glad to have met you. Yeah, that that fair basically showcases all our bodywork projects and it mm-hmm. initially just started out, you know, cuz Matt and I we worked together at Artex. That's how we met. Um Artex? Yeah, as, it was an art handling company back in New York, and as we started dating, you know, we shared the same interests of uh, club music and club culture,
1: and so
0: <laughs> we would go out dancing. You know, we'd go out and play um, or listen to music and. Uh, were
1: Jinko's <laughs> involved, or is that after that?
0: Oh, that the, much after, yeah. The okay, JNCO so period,
1: maybe UFO I pants. Uh, what's that? The UFO pants that had the straps that would hang out and were like big puffy oh my ones. God.
0: I wish I could afford those. I had
1: like <laughs> geez, What about mom these... and me's?
0: Oh my god, yeah, no. <laughs> I had I had like none of the legit party wear. Like I, I would basically have like these fake Adidas. Remember the one Oh yeah.
1: Was...
0: Yeah, I had these ones that had like four stripes and Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. like synthetic silky um and I remember wearing that with just, like, some camo top or something. Um, Yeah, those outfits back then were so good. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I digress. I think I was talking about body work. Yeah, Um, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, that's, like, kind of the sound base aspect of my practice, and it's just me and Matt, and we make music together. Um, We collaborate with other artists and, you know, put their stuff in book and cassette form and organize and events
1: matt has a twitch right you want to plug that real quick
0: um yeah i think it's con shape top uh like slash cone shape top for the twitch handle con um, shape, for, is
1: it spelled c-o-n-e
0: yeah c-o-n-e shape, shape t-o-p okay yeah um and that I, basically is just the, that's the Twitch handle that reflects the space that we're newly building right now.
1: Yeah, because you guys are, you just launched a store, which must be like a mixed bag of emotions with everything that's going on, I'm sure.
0: It is, yeah. I, but I'm glad
1: that we get to talk about it because we got to celebrate good things too. We can't oh, always yeah. just be down, down, <laughs> down in the
0: dumpster. I know, no, I totally know. It, it was conflicting being able to... Put that out there you know it's like yeah. it's kind of hard to navigate these things but you know we also felt that there are these uh a list of these resources local resources that we wanted to be able to share too mm-hmm. and to bring awareness to those resources so i don't know you guys it's, are in
1: the bay area correct
0: yeah we're in the bay area now we were in la um when we met you we were still living out there
1: oh you were uh, okay that's right yeah you guys were moving and you were like driving that night back right
0: yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. We had yeah. just driven up just for the fair. And yeah, we had already moved um, out to the Bay, which is where I'm from. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so there's there's that aspect. And then there's the- is that
1: is that that's just straight music? Or does that get experimental? Does it get into the realms of noise? I actually haven't necessarily heard too much of it. I do okay. want to check, I'm going to, next Twitch stream, I, one of the things that I like, uh, Raheem Cunningham, I don't know if you know him, has a Twitch stream as well, but just play, putting that in the background during isolation is very helpful.
0: Oh, I need to check that out.
1: But yeah. uh, but I think that the Matt one would be too, because it feels like, you know, having someone performing music for you in your living room is like, I think, uh, helpful, because it feels like, you know, it's like a video hang, even though you may not be, or you can comment, right? Do you guys talk to the yeah. to the post? Yeah.
0: There's a chat room. It's pretty fun, actually. Um, It kind of brings me back to old, like, AOL chat room days.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Did you ever participate in any of the rave ones?
1: No, no, no.
0: Oh, they were so good.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) I think my, I'm trying to remember, like, what my um, AIM name was at the time, because it it was definitely, like, (laughs) raver-inspired.
1: Mine was Heresy39, because I was goth- like i was like sort of industrial goth uh metalhead but not really listening to much metal just posing (laughs) skater punk then i then i became a skater punk which was more a skater punk raver which was more my my like actual being
0: yeah my my, my less
1: try hard one the one where i felt like you know
0: you were at home
1: yeah yeah with the big old fucking you know pants that (laughs) that would hide my feet.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny that you bring that up because we were actually bringing up all the different styles of like rocking baggy jeans. Uh, Were you ever into the stapling um, technique? Like stapling at the bottom or would you use rubber bands or just kind of have it like hang over?
1: I had just the, the, the frilly, like I, I did at one point have them cuffed and then I just cut them off cut the cut off and had the the the, the, yeah the frill like you know like jorts are but just at the bottom of the pant leg
0: yeah yeah the cut off look was really cool yeah 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 and Um, then
1: i wore skater shoes i oh my look was like the big baggy pants but then like slim fitting polos and that's like it all throughout high school and then like soccer shirts that was my 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 shit yeah hell
0: yeah where'd you go to high school at in miami Okay, you grew up in Miami, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's what, those were my Raver years. Like, uh, 97, 98, we would listen to intelligent dance music,
0: which yeah, yeah. later oh, became
1: known as Jungle and Drum and Bass.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Diesel oh Boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I know. All of them Ronnie Size. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was my gateway, right, into partying. Um, and Ronnie Size? First, uh, yeah, bait, well, Jungle in general. like okay. I that was the room that drew me in first and oh, that was absolutely
1: kinda, yeah. that was
0: the circle that i kind of find myself in because i was coming more from a hip-hop angle you know like i was listening to hip-hop and then and as nerds hip-hop.
1: we used to say it's a hip-hop beat sped up twice as fast <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, what I meant to was so funny was that um five on it remix the jungle remix oh yeah that had came out and so it was just like this perfect storm of you know bay hip-hop jungle in oakland and every time that would drop just the entire room would basically turn upside down
1: it was always you you already knew matt
0: um what's that
1: you were already dating matt uh at the at the time that you were into jungle
0: Um, actually we met, uh, seven years ago. So this is way before that time. Okay.
1: All right. So you Um, were also in high school around this time then?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was a senior in high school, class of 99. And that was pretty much my first party.
1: Nice. Uh,
0: And I guess to kind of tie it all back together. Um, yeah, when me and Matt started working together, uh, we were on this project at the UN deinstalling works and, Uh, during breaks people would just kind of get to know each other and he had brought up house music and instantly we had connected and then it turned out he had been djing with these group of guys that i basically grew up with in the bay area and oh really friends but for some reason we never crossed paths until that moment until that time uh yeah and then through that basically we've just based, like shared our love of club culture together and that's do, pretty do much you guys where still we hit were.
1: parties? Sorry.
0: Oh, oh yeah yeah we'll still go out and support although we we haven't really found parties that kind of reflect more of our our speed which yeah, is yeah. kind of a little bit more on like the family vibe and it's really because of the fact that, you know, we've jumped around from like L.A. to the Bay. So it's just trying to
1: reestablish. Again.
0: Yeah, Exactly. So we're like starting from zero again right now. Um, but there was this party that we used to go to in New York called Joy. And uh, it took place in Bushwick, invite only. And you'd get these paper invitations and uh, it was just such a special feeling that there would be food served and it went all night and everyone would applaud after each track. And there would be baby powder on the floor, oh, <laughs> Just, you know, really good family vibe. And it, it just was basically everybody in the neighborhood. So it wasn't just directed towards a specific community you just saw like everyone from all walks of life attend these parties yeah and yeah i kind of miss i miss that that kind of energy
1: i recently or i mean recently like five years ago probably or three years ago went to one and i had gotten the list through through a woman who like who told me it it was a tragic story that her son was somebody that was a raver and that they used to throw big parties and that he died somehow tragically, but she had somehow the insights into like the rave culture out here when I had first moved out here. And so she sent me this, it was like a email address that had a, or mailing list that had like a the word rave in it when we went to a rave or a party. And when they asked me where I got, where I heard about it and I told them they just fucking laughed at me. (laughs) Like I was an old timer. It was (laughs) hilarious. And I was like, all right, fair enough. That's cool. But yeah.
0: I know just the whole concept of a map point. Right. And finding out this information and, you know, trying to keep it from, getting circulated in the wrong places it's it's kind of a really high level operation if you think about it
1: yeah um, especially people, i mean they used to try to outlaw this shit i think they did in florida they snuck it into like a bill at some point
0: yeah yeah totally well that's why you know a lot of these spaces are or a lot of these kinds of events are day of announcements and yeah you now there's like pickup points and all that but Yeah, I haven't been to anything, you know, I would say as raw as that in a really long time.
1: Yeah, it was so great when we were kids, too. It was so crazy.
0: It felt more lawless, you know, it just kind of like anything went and fucking I
1: nootropics stands and shit <laughs> <laughs> we're just yeah. like hard nostalgia right now
0: uh, <laughs> oh it's so good it's so good i mean Such i love going back there mentally you know yeah uh, i because for me that pretty much was my introduction into like subculture was through that that was when i like was first introduced to something that was underground and broke yeah. The mainstream so it was a departure from from that and you know I really attribute just who I am as a person and as an artist by finding my identity through that that experience and yeah, I think
1: well, I, I totally get that <laughs> especially yeah. For, yeah based on your background
0: yeah cool but yeah so the, there's that so the body work is pretty much like a love letter to
1: to that culture. Do you have uh, uh just before we get off of uh Raves, do you have a, a any like favorite names of Raves?
0: Oh wow um I guess it would have to be the first one I ever went to because that one had the biggest impact on me and it was Love Affair and
1: Love it was, Affair oh, okay. Because yeah. they have like the, <laughs> the uh, my my favorite name of anyone is uh Leprechaun Liberation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) and that was at a at a go-kart track called malibu skate park and that's the first time I was there that the first time that i ever heard buha uh by buster rhymes and i was like what the fuck is this and everybody in the room knew it i was just like like slightly late and everyone was like just freaking out to that song oh my
0: god that is amazing um yeah yeah, I feel love affair doesn't hold a candle
1: to. Like, <laughs> well, they—they—that's they, they, what I was thinking of more in terms of like uh, how silly they could get, but <laughs> but they weren't all necessarily silly. I still have flyers, man. Uh, I'll show you, you my. kept my, all of them. Oh, I, I have,
0: wish I kept all of mine.
1: I have one. Uh, I saw it. I posted it the other day. I'll, I'll try to send you because it's in my stories. But um, oh my but God. yeah. Yeah. I have one from f- with uh, the Metalheads, from when the Metalheads came. Okay. I didn't go to that show. Yeah. Uh, it was like Doc Scott. It was like a lot of them, J-Magic. And then uh, I also have one for when the orb came to town, and it's like a book that opens up.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. I know. I used to have a whole wall covered with yeah. basically every flyer of every party that I ever went to. And Those I must really have influenced me.
1: It, like as an artist as well i I gotta say, in terms of design, those are like beautiful things it It was nice to see it again and be like, "Oh my God, I found this treasure
0: yeah, I know, and I'm sure you've seen those um the rave series that Copa press had put out
1: no they, what what's that
0: they're s f based and they're publishers that put out you know these books and um, they had done one on Ray flyers that oh. cover New York, LA, and um, San Francisco, and they're they're so cool. They're just like beautiful objects. But I think they're. Oh, okay, I they, found it.
1: I found oh, it on you, the internet. Okay, yeah. you're looking
0: at it right now. It, yeah. they're so amazing. Um,
1: I might have to get that. It's cheap. It's like fifteen bucks.
0: Yeah, they're they're really beautiful books. And I had met one of them, um, one of the guys that runs the operation, and. Yeah, basically every single flyer was a contribution from from one person. So that's pretty neat that they had found like all these people to basically contribute these flyers.
1: Yeah, well, they're amazing. They're like, they really, I think looking back, I would collect those and clippings from comic books and comic, like, you know, from Wizard the magazine. And try to draw stuff like that and and just be, like, those were, like, I guess uh, it was, like, an early uh, vision board collection kind of thing, like, you know, making a collection of things that I liked.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And, like, putting them in envelopes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, little
1: collage pieces that were too valuable to put into collages at the time for me.
0: Yeah. So you've kept a lot of that?
1: I mean, uh, some of it. I think a lot of it has gotten lost, but I just happened to, like... Put it in the perfect place That ended up not getting lost You know like I put it I think I put it with like My high school photography uh, binder
0: Okay And yeah. because
1: it's there Like that's not something I'm gonna throw out You know that has my negatives from Of my dog and shit Oh um,
0: wow Yeah
1: <laughs> And yeah. my car my, my 1970 Dodge Dart <laughs> <laughs> Avocado yeah, but, green Sorry go ahead
0: Oh no uh, Yeah in terms of like just nostalgia it, it's a, like another really interesting thing to kind of think about right now too um yeah I've, i feel like we're all kind of going back there you know i've been seeing a lot of throwback yeah. uh, posts and people sharing you know images from from their youth and yeah i have this uh this big collaged photo album and a lot of my oh, nice. pics are in there too and the one flyer that I did did save, which is the love affair flyer, but
1: yeah. Oh, that's an important <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so bummed I didn't save all the other ones. Though it's really like, especially looking at this book now, it makes me wish that I did.
1: Yeah. about the other parts of your practice
0: um yeah so there's the natural dye practice that i have and something that i've been doing for a little bit now i, I actually i went to school for illustration and uh was really interested in kind of underground art comics and so mm-hmm. i was that trajectory but like kind what,
1: of- what kind of comics
0: well, I was really into uh picture box and okay. uh, so basically was really inspired by Fort Thunder out in Rhode Island. And I'd worked for them for a little bit too doing um, like book layout production. So mm-hmm. really looking to to you know, that aesthetic. Um, but I remember around the time when the stock market crashed and I had moved back home and basically did a restart.
1: Two thousand eight or
0: yeah, 2008, okay. 2009, um, right. I stopped drawing and just basically did a restart. And my restart was through natural dyes. And yeah, it's been something that I've been doing for a bit now. Um, initially, it started out as a collaboration with a friend. And we were doing kind of a interdisciplinary practice of making costumes, jewelry, Working in sound, collaborating with other artists, doing installations, and then I walked away from the collaboration to kind of pursue personal projects and more of just trying to figure out where I wanted to go next. And a lot of the newer work is reflective of that. So it's been mostly like wearables through like recycled fibers and textiles. Um, a lot recycled of
1: recycled stuff- from what just old clothing that has been reappropriated or uh, is Uh, there significance to those fibers or or it's just uh just that it's recycled
0: um uh, if there's a significance it's probably because you know i've chosen it due to its texture or um its qualities but oftentimes it's just i I have a big bin filled with used clothing and beddings and sheets Mm. and towels. And, uh, you know, one by one, I'll pull stuff out and dye it and deconstruct it and create these new garments. So yeah, that's pretty much what the personal practice reflects right now.
1: But it's interesting because it is kind of, do you document the, is the documentation as part of it as well? Because there is like a costume element to it. It's like a fantasy world that you're sort of creating, right? Where, because the clothing is, it's not like you're making mini skirts and shit, right? Or like tank tops. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a regal element to it in that it feels ceremonial garb or or something like that. Like some shit that like, you know, like when you see popes <laughs> or yeah. not. But like, you get what I'm saying? Like there's like, I, uh, yeah. I, I'm thinking of the, the king from... Uh, Played by Mel Brooks, It's it's Good to Be the King. I forget which movie it is. A History of Everything? I don't
0: know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I You're definitely, like, hitting it on the mark. I, okay. I, I am drawing heavily from, like, costume period pieces as well as just things that interest me in everyday life, which more recently has been uh, desserts and... <laughs> uh, I, I did this top uh, that was inspired by this taro leaf dessert called suman, and it's a actually it's sticky rice that's wrapped in taro leaves. Is this and a
1: Filipino dish?
0: It is, yes.
1: Okay.
0: And um, I don't know. I just feel that it's been really fun to play around, and yeah, it's it's a definitely more of an experimental practice, something that I I'm just doing really for myself. Uh, and sometimes here and there I'll get a commission to do a costume for someone,
1: but cool.
0: yeah, it's, it's been really fun.
1: But it's, but I'm right that you're like, I wouldn't say that it's sci-fi cause it's, that's not necessarily the aesthetic, but that, that it is like, it's not, you're, you're, you're sort of reinterpreting it as well though, right? It's not like you're, you're taking like a petticoat. And, yeah, exactly. Or even though it's period, it's like influenced by period, but it's, it's sort of loosely influenced and it's sort of, I don't know. It makes me like, uh, feel like there's like, uh, another world behind it, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Like I,
1: this weird I, mythology that's implied.
0: It definitely. I feel, you know, in terms of the mythology aspect, there's definitely this worship of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, and. an, adoration of of the four elements and being able to reconcile that with my interest in costume with my interest in texture and with my interest in color but also having it be you know kind of a collaboration as cheesy as that sounds with nature by Mm -hmm. doing these experiments with the dyes because there's different different styles of dyeing right there's kind of the more scientific and I don't know it's more regimented and uh, what's a better way to say this I guess like the the ingredients and the formulas behind it are a little bit more considered and I feel that I'm more of an experimental dyer in that sense where I am aware and I am versed in those rules, but I also like to be able to kind of just let things sit in the pot undisturbed and not being able to exert that kind of control and having that be part of the practice as well.
1: My mom is good at that with her ceramics and glazing. It would drive me insane, but it sounds like a similar like you're you're more interested in that uh, accidental thing that can happen when you when you're playing around with the chemistry and you kind of know what the chemistry does, but yeah. but it but but you're like hmm, what what you know like you could essentially fuck up your piece. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah, like nothing is planned. Even when I'm creating these garments, nothing is planned. I basically pick something up and I just start cutting and sewing and each movement leads to the next and I'm not trained in either of these things I'm self-taught in sewing I'm self-taught in natural dyeing so this is a process that's definitely driven through um, intuition um, and mostly through curiosity
1: is there any google involved
0: um. Absolutely. YouTube. Okay. <laughs> is.
1: Uh, all right. I mean, I'm with that. I'm with that you shit.
0: Track that comment. I am trained through YouTube. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're giving <laughs> that credit. You're not certified. You're YouTube certified.
0: I'm YouTube certified. Yeah. Totally. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, I mean, oh, that you—it's—it's oh, it's funny. I um, I have you been able to to keep making stuff, or have you been mostly focused on the uh, cone shop? Is that what it is? Cone sh- cone sh- top shop?
0: Oh yeah, um, our space is called Cone Shaped Top. Um, cone Shaped Top, and it's a project space, a record shop, and a mix series. So that's kind of like the whole bubble and that umbrella. But yeah, I went through like. When shelter-in-place happened, I was depressed for, like, the first two weeks. I couldn't do anything. Um, I didn't even want to log on on social media. I just felt like the heaviness of everything just weighed so much. But then when I emerged out of that, I was just dying stuff like crazy, sewing like crazy. Then I got totally burned out of it. And more recently, I'm, like into the headspace of working on, on our space. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now is just yeah. kind of focusing on cone shaped top.
1: No, I, I totally went through the same thing. I couldn't, I was like, I'm not, what am I going to put out in terms of episodes and stuff like that? So, but then I did sort of realize that like there was something missing that I did feel some kind of disconnect. And, uh, you know, even, having friends now, I'm still not sitting down and like this and having an intimate conversation with somebody for like an hour, which is, you have those with like people that you're intimate with, but not like, uh, it, it, it's sort of become a bit of my practice. And, Mm And, and I think that without it, I was able to sort of be really hard on myself and sort of, uh, it kind of, I think, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I, there was a lot of stuff that, I had been able to distract myself with going to work and living my life that was sort of just waiting for to, to, to sort of be addressed. And I, now I'm doing well. I Like, I've just been doing projects and stuff just to keep myself busy. But, but yeah, man, this shit has been real like even before today. And it just got really fucking real. And like we said, we don't have any idea where it's going. Not to end on a sour note, but...
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's... Uh, but I'm glad that that you've been able to to keep pushing forward and that I'm that, that you are in good enough spirits to raise mine today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is this is something important. that I definitely need.
0: You know, it's so important. And you know, I just feel that it's easy to kind of get stuck in that internal dialogue. Yeah. To feel that it turns into a feedback loop, you know, and Oftentimes for me it can be quite negative, you know, and it's good to be able to take yourself out of that headspace and kind of shake yourself and be like, No, you know, like you just all you needed to do was talk to somebody. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And and I'm I wonder there's a lot of people I think that are that are uh sheltered in place with somebody, but it is it's I'm I am i am lucky that I've always been somewhat happy with my solitude. Uh, to some degree <laughs> but,
0: so you're sheltering in place alone right now
1: yeah i live alone so yeah. that that's kind of so it's been just me interacting with me and not that i'm a bad guy or anything but i've certainly accused myself of that a lot you know yeah. <laughs> and that, and 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 i think that part of that was not having any contact and then you you're not having any updates of what your personality is like and right. you're just going through the memories of like, oh, I've been a piece of shit here. I was such an asshole here. And then like, but like, you know, on a day to day, if if I was as horrible as and and if it was all as bleak as I have told myself, I probably wouldn't have lasted as long. There had to have been some good moments. And that's been sort of like that was kind of the battle to be like, mm. this is like self-deception, this is magical thinking. You haven't been depressed your whole life. You're just upset now. So, yeah.
0: I know. So yeah, it, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's <laughs> People are going through it. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how much power that that kind of abstract voice has, you know? It's like not an actual tangible thing. It's just these thoughts that pass through our mind and... Especially in terms of right now, it's really hard to shut it off sometimes, right?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And but like, I haven't necessarily been making art, but I've been like coming up with projects that help me. I've been making the shit out of my pedal board. Which as a musician, I'm sure you can kind of relate to a little bit. The fun in that, I painted all my pedals, and and all of that has sort of given, like, helped me sort of like you know, I have skills, I can build things. Getting back into doing the podcast and finally in the space that I can do it has helped me. But yeah, I just want, I just want to put it out there that like, yo, you know, because I'm I'm pretty comfortable as having done the show for a long time, just being like, uh open about this kind of thing. I'm not open about everything, but I want like people to know like, yo, it's tough. It's fucking hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and to be able to have the space to say that it's okay, you know? Yeah. Cuz I think there's so much self be- beating involved in terms of um trying to grapple with those feelings. I feel it's easy to go down the route of yeah no, like you shouldn't be feeling that way. you should feel lucky, blah blah blah. but I th- what's been comforting for me right now anyway, is that hearing it's okay and yeah. being able to tell myself that
1: yeah, I mean you, we've never been prepared for anything like this as people. We've almost been programmed to not feel comfortable in this situation because we're always having to move, so it's yeah. it's it's weird. But anyway, on that note, uh, I have had a, as lovely a time talking to you as ever, uh, as ah, when I met this you.
0: Awesome! Yeah, thank I you. definitely. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you so much, Javier. This was awesome.
1: Let's replug your you guys' stuff. So it's uh, uh, Cone Top Shop C O N E. Oh so, no, yes, yeah, oh, Cone sorry. Top
0: uh, Cone Shaped Top is our. Um, our website, and that basically reflects our Project Space, Record Shop, and Mix series.
1: When you say Project Space, it's like an art gallery?
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, right now, we have uh, works from Matthew Clifford Green, who runs Radical Documents in LA. So we're featuring his late cuts, but we also sell records, we sell art books, new and used, and yeah, we have our mix series, which is ongoing. We'll have a new one coming up by Suzy Eho on Monday. And yeah, my personal practice is Cat Luigan on Instagram. It's pretty much where I post a lot of my stuff nowadays.
1: And and then there's uh, the Twitch. Do you appear on the Twitch?
0: Um, Not yet. I oh, will okay. at some point in time. Yeah, I'll go on there. I'll, I'll play some records.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice. All right. And bodywork, bodywork is the music stuff,
0: um yeah, bodywork, bodywork is a collaboration with me and my husband, Matt Brownell. And it's just basically an umbrella for all our sound based stuff.
1: is a cone shaped top under that umbrella, or is it a separate umbrella?
0: Yeah, that's a different one. That's more okay. of just like that's our physical space that we've created together. And it's a sh- it's a gallery slash shop that we run out of our home. So okay. we have a storefront out here in Emeryville and that's basically where the physical aspect of the space is. Cool.
1: Well, and I, I definitely te- I visit
0: sometime when, when all this clears up.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I I am so excited to fucking travel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm making cha- career choices right now that hopefully will help me move in that way. But, yeah, and say hello to Matt. Uh, Matt is very supportive of my Instagram stories, and I tell him that I'm noticed, and I love him very much for that. Uh, and <laughs> and that I hope you guys are okay, and, uh, you know, we're all feeling something pretty tough, and we're all probably going to come together at some point. I think that that's the hope, right? Like, this, yeah. there, there's going to be some more... Uh, um, that, there's some hopeful things. I don't know if you know who Chris Hedges is. He's running as a green candidate in New Jersey. Uh, he's a he's a, a journalist that is a fucking badass that got fired from the New York Times during the Iraq War for telling the truth about the Iraq War. And so there's there I think things are gonna be okay, but there's gonna be a lot of pain, and it sounds. Uh, tried to say that anyway, but I'm trying to feel good about things. <laughs> I'm trying to end on a positive note and I don't buy it. All right. <laughs> Let's just end there. Thank but you, you know so what? much.
0: It's okay. It's
1: okay. 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 I I couldn't <laughs> convince myself that it's going to be okay. And that's okay. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. It has really made my day. I uh, I, yeah, I, thank you so either. much. All right. Yeah, bye-bye. Good
0: talking
1: to you. Bye, Javier. Yeah. Bye.